Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. give forgiveness. You're going to get forgiveness. You guys with me? All right. I'm talking to at least two people. All right. You guys got it. I I can't hear very well today, so I just need some some help. All right. Ayúdame, por favor. Gracias. Gracias. Listen, whatever you get, give, you will get good measured, pressed down, Shaking together and running over shall men give unto your bosom. You guys with me? Because I don't know about you right now, but in this time of my life, I definitely need some forgiveness from other people. All right. I I, I need to make sure that I'm not condemning people for the things that they do. I mean, don't we ain't going to talk about Kurt Franklin. I don't don't. Don't, don't get me wrong, but, but, but you know, we don't need to need any condemnation for people right now, and, and definitely we don't need to be judging folks. And I said earlier, I said, God is definitely interested in your money. I didn't say this. I didn't say it. Jesus said it himself. Dios está interesado en tu dinero. dinero. Why? Porque Luke 12 and 34 says this. Where your treasure is, Donde está tu tesoro? There your heart will be also. Tu corazón también lo será. When you get saved, your heart gets saved. And when your heart gets saved, your wallet will get saved. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I need a sanctified wallet. Amen. Amen. Now, week two, la segunda semana, nos estamos de la Puebla. We found out what test. Que Puebla. What time, or every time we get paid, saints, cada vez que nos pagan, there is a test. Who we thank or who we worship first. Hay una Puebla sor a que quien adoramos, adoramos primero. Malachi chapter 3, you guys with with me? Malachi chapter 3 says this, God says, I am the Lord your God, I do not change. I don't know about you, but for me, it's a good thing that God doesn't change. The world will tell you that, you know, the Bible's old and we need to update it, but we deal with a God that will never change. Malachi 3 and 6 says, I am the Lord your God. I do not change. What we learned about this, listen, you guys, what we learned of that week, last week, is this. We learned that tithing is a principle of ordinary behavior. You guys remember that? God was talking about the tithe. He talked about what was his and what we need to do. He says, will a man rob God? Yet you have, uh, you have robbed me of tithe and offering. I don't want to forget just the one thing. He says the tithe and offering. He says, not only that, not if you only robbed me, but you robbed this whole nation. Tithing is a way to keep us blessed and to keep us from being under a curse. Amen. So today, the title of our message is, Am I Generous? So yo generoso. But before I get into this topic, I want us to understand that God created us all to be blessed. He created us to be blessed, not lucky, but blessed. He blessed us in the seal. Now, from a fleshly, there's no, there's no fleshly Christians here, but. From a fleshly perspective, most people, including Christians, want their cup overflowing to make their life 
more convenient. Hence the STEMI. You guys don't know what the STEMI is. You guys have been looking for the bank account since, since we got the okay. Checking bank account. La minoria de los cristianos que quieren que su copa rebose para hacer uh, su vida más comada. Listen, you guys can't lie. Everybody wants to live in comfort and convenience. That's why everybody wants to have a house. You want to have a nice car. You want nice furniture. You want drapes in your bedroom window and, and that you've been wanting for six years. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But then again, as a side note, Comodidad y conveniencia, conveniencia no se encuentra en la Biblia. Comfort and convenience isn't a luxury found in the Bible. You got, you got, I'm sorry. I know there's, there's a doctrine that's out there that talks about naming and claiming. It's a word of faith thing. And I believe in the word, but it comes to a point where everybody wants to do this prosperity preaching and you give to get and all this other stuff. But God never promised you. He never promised you that you're going to walk around in comfort and convenience. You guys with me? I'm just here as a pastor trying to tell you that there might be some people in here that, that, that make good money and live a good life. And there's some people in here that might be struggling financially. But God says, I'm here to give you the blessed life. Not the life of convenience and comfort. Mm. God wants us all to be a blessing. God wants us also to be blessed. He wants us to be a blessing so that we could bless other people. A lot of us here right now love to tell people, well, I'm saying, look, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm blessed. You'll talk to somebody and tell them, man, God's good. I'm blessed. But I don't want to hear about you being a blessed. I want to see you being a blessing. When you come and you serve at your church, I know that you're blessed because you're able to come to the church and bless somebody else. God wants us to fulfill what he created uh, us for, and that is to be a blessing. But because of the curse, we have to work for our blessing. You guys hear me? But in turn, God blessed us so that we could bless others. Now, I don't know about you, but when I, when I work or if I have to work, I love to get what they call get paid. I love that. But you know what? When God gives me the ability to work or gives me the ability to make money, I can take what God has given me because he's given me the ability. He's given me the power to obtain wealth, to establish this was my generations in my family so that I can turn around and be a blessing to others. Somebody say bless. Not lucky. Mm-mm. Listen, you guys, fortune cookies, horseshoes, four leaf clovers, uh, rabbit's feet, all these things. Poor people use uh, money they don't have playing games of luck in which odds are so stacked against them that it boggles the mind. If you don't believe me, just come out here Monday through Friday, and you will see people that will spend a check sitting out here. I, I, I shouldn't look at you as I'm saying, because it might be some of y'all here. <laughs> sitting out here with bingo, they will spend more money on bingo because they, got, they, got, they think they're lucky. It seems our society and even some people in the church that the best and highest level of living is a lucky life, not a blessed life. Don't get me wrong. I pray that one day somebody does somehow, some way. Some, somebody, somebody might be, uh, what, is, what is it called? The lottery? I'm not, I'm not condoning anything. I'm just saying. 
Because we got faithful, we got faithful tithers and stuff in here. <laughs> but I declare to you that living a blessed life is even better than trying to live lucky. Why bank on a chance when you can have guarantees? I want a guarantee. If you had an opportunity, somebody says, look, man, and they're doing it right now. That's all over. People are texting me. I'm getting text messages. I don't even know who these people are from. I'm getting emails, all kinds of stuff. People are with, uh, here I go again, Bitcoin. Not Bitcom, Bitcoin. Everybody wants you to invest your money in Bitcoin because that's the investment to do right now. I'm here to tell you, the best investment you can ever give is the investment, the internal investment called heaven. And I can give my, my money to the church and to God and know, not have to worry about somebody going and says, look, man, you know, if you just give 100, then God's going to make sure that you get 1,000. No. What God places in my heart he asks me to give. And that's after the tithe. And God in turn, he says, look, try me and see that I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a, room, a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it. Come on, you guys. I almost need Donald to come up here and turn that thing on to be a Hammond B3. I got, I, yeah, I get my old Pentecostal self up here start because sometimes we don't understand. We've gotten so worldly as Christians that we rely upon a world system to make us blessed. But God said, try me and see. We learned that last week. Try me and see. God said, try me. Don't try the lottery. Don't try bingo. Don't try Bitcoin. Try me and see. Watch this, Genesis 5, 1 through 2. It says, this is the book of genealogies of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day that they were created. From creation, man was blessed. From creation, man was blessed. La humedad. Fue bendecida, dice el principio, pero a causa de la desobediencia de Adam. Because of Adam's disobedience. Somebody say disobedience. disobedience. We were born under a curse. So God created a way for us to be blessed, to be like him, to be in the image again of him, to receive the DNA that God had created for us, and that's called giving. God gave us his DNA. His DNA, and his DNA is giving. We lost it when we came into, an, into a curse, and God says, I'm going to give it back to you by giving. When we give, we become a blessing, and in turn, God makes sure that we are blessed. God so loved the world that he, that's part of his DNA. God so loved the world that he gave. So right now, grab your Bibles, look at the Sky Bible, turn with me to the book of John. If you guys haven't been watching uh, or been here for... uh, Bible study. Over the last few weeks, we've been going through a journey of John, and I just want to talk to right now about John. It's a great, great, great time for us to learn about John and learn about what it means to be generous. John 12, 1 through 5, it says, then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was who had been dead whom he had raised from the dead. There, excuse me, there they made him a supper and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, 
why was the fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and used to take what was put in. I wish I, I, wish I had time. Because it's, it, it, it's obvious as you are seeing this, and we'll get to it, but as, as I was looking, as, 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 um, as Mary came through with, a, it says, a pound of very costly oil, when she anointed Jesus' feet, it said that the room was filled with a fragrance. Now, I know we ain't really talking about worship, but how much could it take just one person giving something very costly, if they came into a room just to give God something and it creates a whole atmosphere because of her worship and everybody enjoyed her worship, the fragrance of her worship and what she gave. Ah. Somebody that loved Jesus so much because of what he had done for her that she gave everything she had and she broke it upon Jesus' feet. And as she worshiped him and as she, as she washed his feet and, and, and put this costly oil on his feet, it says the fragrance filled the room. <laughs> the fragrance. Now, mind you, they're all in a room. They're all having supper, but only one person came to give something, but everybody else enjoyed the fragrance. You guys are looking at me right now like you ain't even understanding what's going on. It, see, what's happening is during worship time, some people will come up and give God their worship. When we get up here with the worship team and they're up here giving God their, 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 their costly oil, you're not, you don't know what they're going through all week. You don't know what they've been doing. You don't know what's been happening to them all week. As they're sitting here worshiping Jesus at the feet of Jesus, you're standing here enjoying the fragrance. But they ain't getting their feet washed. <laughs> oh, sometimes I just wonder, did you get it? You can sit around. It's like, it's like coming to my house when my wife is cooking, and she's cooking, and you smell the food that's cooking, but when the food is served, you're not getting anything. You just get to enjoy the smell. Wow. Wow. That's why when people come and they worship, you enjoy the smell, but you ain't getting what you were meant to get. That's what God is saying. When people come to give something what's costly to them. That wasn't part of the message. Let's just get back. Verse 6, it says, then he said, and this is, this is Judas. You guys know who Judas is? He held on to the money. He's walking around with, with offering. He said, why wouldn't you take this, this offering that you were going to give him? Why didn't you take it and give it to the poor? And then he said this. The only reason why he said it is because he was a thief. And had the money box, and he used to take from, he was an extortioner, an embezzler. He was taking what belonged to God. But there's two questions that I have to ask you today. Why would Mary give such an extravagant gift? And number two, why would Judas be upset? Why would Mary give such an elaborate, extravagant, generous gift? And why would Judas get so upset? If you look under the layers of all this text, you will see two types of hearts that will be manifested. The first heart that you see is a heart of generosity. The second one you see is a selfish heart. You have a heart that will give everything and anything to worship Jesus because they, they have a heart of generosity. They, they're thankful for what they've been given. And then you have another person that was selfish. 
And how, how were these hearts revealed? One thing, giving. One heart was a heart of generosity, and the other one was what? A selfish heart. Giving will expose your heart. So when I ask the question, am I generous, I'm saying it in the first person. So we can ask ourselves this question. There is a question that we should be asking ourselves constantly because we all struggle with being generous. You guys know that there is an enemy to generosity, and that's called selfishness. If you guys don't know it, Satan starts with S. It kind of reminds you of selfishness, self. God, he's generous. Begins with a G. Just kind of helps you guys out just a little bit. Got that? Put that together? You guys ever watch a show called Hoarders? Make anybody sick? Yeah, 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 yeah. We sit down and shake our heads in disbelief at a lot of people. We can't imagine living like some of those people do. However, the truth is, we all are hoarders. <laughs> yeah, we're hoarders by nature. We have all been taught, get all that you can get, keep all that you can, and the one that dies with the most stuff wins. But Jesus taught us what you can, um, give or give what you can and then try to give it all away. You guys sound the, the rich young ruler? That's what Jesus taught us. And that flies on the face of our old man, talking about give what we get and give it all away. We were born selfish, not shellfish, but selfish. Generosity is a major tool in killing our old man. Every time we operate in generosity, we put another nail in our coffin of the old man. We just got to renew our minds. See, a selfish nature, or a selfish nature comes to us um, automatically. We are born with it. There has been a study that is done that the third word that most people know as children, the third word that we learn is mine. You guys ask, ask Mariah. It says mine is one of the first words we learned as a child. We've understood this meaning of this word since we were 14 months old. It's, it's, definition, it's definition is ingrained in us. I'm, la I'm laughing because I'm thinking about what was uh, Finding Dory? Finding Nemo. Mine, 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 mine. Yes. And because we know the word mine so well, I believe that's why God used it in Malachi chapter 3 when he described the tithe. He said, it's mine. Don't touch it. God said, this is mine. It's a tent. And it's mine. Don't touch it. But because we touch it, we find ourselves under a curse. Now, looking back in John chapter 12, verse 5, it says this. Why was the fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This scripture describes a selfish heart. Judas may have sounded like he cared for the poor, but really his motive was to have extra cash to embezzle for himself. So many of us become Judas when it comes to being selfish. We will first take what belongs to God, and then eventually we will sell him out for money. If you guys don't know the story of Judas, that's what he did to Jesus. He was stealing from God. See, let's look at the layers of all this. He became the treasurer for the, the apostles. He had the money, but he was embezzling the money, not from the apostles, but the money belonged to God, yeah. to Jesus. Yeah. And he was stealing from out of the apostles' pocket, Jesus' pocket. Yeah. And eventually, 
from what stealing, stealing from out of the treasury eventually caused him to go around and betray Jesus. Do you see where we're, where we're at? Too many of us want to sit down and think about everybody else because like, everybody wants to be uh, Dave, King David when it comes to Goliath. No. When we look at that story of David, we're not looking at, man, I want to be like David. I want to be strong like, like Gabriel or, or um, just, it, whoever it is. You, you always talk, we always talk about the, her- the heroes of the Bible, but you know what? That's not us. We were Israel cowarding in, in need of a savior. Some of us, so many of us want to be David. We want to get five smooth stones and sit there and talk trash and all this other stuff, other things to, to, to um, Goliath. But no, we were sitting there hiding when Jesus came and did it for us. So as we look back at this whole thing, we look back and go, this, you know, Jesus was, was very patient with, with Judas. No, we were Judas. We were taking from the treasury, and eventually when we are taking from what belongs to Jesus, we will turn around and betray him. We'll sell him out. It's not even the money issue. You will sell Jesus out over something you want to believe. There comes a time in our lives as Christians, we will sell Jesus out because of family members, because they don't agree with what you agree with. But we will sell him out for 20 denarii. But when we look at Mary, Mary had a heart of generosity. Mary had extravagant generosity. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 5 says this, and not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. We're talking about extravagant generosity. God said, listen, he says, look, we hoped, we already hoped that you would give yourself fully to the Lord first and then to us in the ministry. What is that saying? God desires for for his people to give their lives first to him. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about presenting yourselves a holy sacrifice, which is acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God wants us to have an extravagant heart of generosity that we will give ourselves over to him. I don't want you guys to get it twisted. Because when we talked about this for the last few weeks, we've talked about giving. We've talked about what tests. We talked about tithing. We talked about all these different things. But at the end of the day, the number one thing God wants from you is your heart. You guys understand that there is three levels of giving. There's the tithe. It's 10%. There's the offering. And then there's extravagant offering. 95% of Christians never reach the first one. I'll just say that for your hearing. I'll repeat myself. 95% of Christians never reach the first one. What is that first one? The tithe. 95% of Christians don't reach the first principle that God has given us the God that does not change, we don't tithe, 95%. The problem is we'll never do the other two if we don't do the first one. And and I I know some of you guys are sitting there saying, well, you know, Pastor, you know, I give when I can. Do you realize that that's what giving reveals? When you can, isn't it kind of a cop-out for us? There's been times, and, I'm, and I'm, I'll just give you my own testimony. I could probably, I, I, I know, I can tell you right now, just personally, because I know people personally. 
that were faithful tithers in, in times of need. But just my personal testimony, when I first gave my, my life to Christ and I was struggling and I literally found out this truth, because when I, when I gave my life to Christ, I believed everything that was over the pulpit. Whatever they said, I did. And one day they were talking about tithing. And I was like, oh, okay, I got to tithe. But it came, to, it, it, it came to find out for me was, was I going to tithe or was I going to pay my rent? I'm just talking about my, my testimony. My testimony. I was a, a born-again Christian right at the top. I, I didn't know nothing. But I, had, I, I, was, I was dumb enough to believe God. <laughs> I believed him. And I was so convicted because I was like, man, I need to do this because this is what God told me to do. This is what God told me to do. That's what it said in his word. It wasn't so much what the pr preacher was preaching. He, he showed it to me in his word. Yeah. Will a man rob God? And I knew that in my lifetime, there were times I've, ro I've robbed people. There were times that I would hold people down and take their money. There were times I've run through all kinds of, I can't even sit down and say a few things because it, it's being recorded right now. I, I, can't, I can't tell it all. the risk of incriminating myself. <laughs> but there's things that I've done, and I know what it is to rob somebody, but then God showed me in his word, you're robbing me. Wow. And in my mind, my, my mind's eye, I'm like, I'm looking at Jesus, and I'm binding him up. Wow. And I'm taking from him what belongs to him. And then I'm like, I got I a tie that I would run, and I, well, I ran from out of, out of church, Afterwards, it went to the office, but the office was closed in my apartment, and I was like, uh, okay. So Monday morning, I went to the office, and I told the lady, said, hey, look, because I gave, tithe, I gave my tithe that Sunday morning. So Monday morning, I go in there, and I said, uh, at the office, it's in, it's in D.C., I said, um, hey, to the manager, I said, I, I need to talk to you. It's going to be a little while, a couple weeks before I get some extra money because um, I need to paint my rent. I hadn't told anybody. I didn't tell nobody. She goes, hold on for a second. She goes, your rent's paid. I was like, wait, wait, what? She goes, no, your rent's paid. You, you rent for this month. You don't owe until next month. I was like, oh, okay, my, my mistake. am I to question God? It's a true story. But God, God began, see what he did for me during that time was he was, he was planting seeds of faith into my heart to trust him during this time. You guys hear me? Because as, as, now as I become a more mature Christian, there, there came a time when we didn't have, we didn't have nothing. And I was like, I know God, I remember Honey, remember the story I told you? How, how God paid for my rent? Yeah. Well, guess what? It's happening again. So I don't think we have enough money <laughs> to pay for the rent or the car note or the grocery bill. Yeah. But God's going to come through. And guess what happened? Okay. No, he didn't. <laughs> Watch this, though. Watch this. God said, listen, try me and see that I would not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. It wasn't the fact that, you know, we might get evicted. It wasn't the fact that my car might get, be taken. It wasn't the fact. The fact was that I had peace. The fact was that God had a ram in the thicket called my family and my church family that would feed us in the times that we didn't have nothing. Because we all had things in common. We broke bread daily going from house to house. But I stayed faithful. We tithed and tithed. We cried and tithed. Come on, somebody help. I cried and tithed. We would... But 
we first have to, saints of God, we have to understand. We have to go back to the ordinary principles of God, and that is tithing. But God also says, listen, you have not only robbed me, but you robbed me of tithes and offerings. But when we get to a point, saints of God, when we go, I got the tithe, that ain't a problem. I, 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 I don't mind giving an offering. It comes to a point that I'm going to be like Mary, and I'm going to give an extravagant yeah. offering. Yeah. I'm going to give something that, you know what, this might have been something I was saving for, but you know what, the Lord, I, I love him so much. I know what he's done for me in my life and my family and, and all these things. God, I want to give you whatever I got. I, once again, I present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is my reasonable service. And, and not only that, whatever I got, you can take. But we got... Saints, the, one of the numbers that some of you guys don't, don't know this, and I'm just going to share you as a pastor, literally, literally, the number I gave you, 95% of Christians, 95% of Christians don't tithe. 95%. Do you know what if, do you know what we could do to sue soon? Because a lot of things that we do, and, I, and don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about toxic generosity. I'm not talking about we just feed a whole bunch of people and think that's going to... No, I'm talking about getting the gospel out. I'm talking about going out and, and showing people what Jesus really looks like, that we are salt and light. That we're going out doing... Man, we're going out. We might, we might talk about stuff, Jesus, but you know what we're supposed to be doing is going around and, and laying hands on the sick and watch them to, uh, to uh, recover. But that, that takes... All of us coming together. The reward, this is the third one, the reward of generosity. The reward of generosity. Mark chapter 14 and 9. How many people know there's a reward for your generosity? You guys know that? Assuredly, it's Mark 14 9. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. In this, in this day's world, what this scripture is saying, that you're going to be TikTok famous. Alex, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm too old. I, I don't know. Am I supposed to make up a dance or something? <laughs> this is Jesus talking. He said, Assuredly, I say to you, whenever this gospel, whenever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. So listen, saints. So now when Mary is mentioned, she's not remembered for her sin, but she is remembered for her generosity. She is remembered for her giving. Let that, let that sink in. I'm not, I, I'm not known. See, you guys know me now as pastor. But I got friends around here that know me for what I used to be. But now they know me as pastor. They don't know me as J-Bone. They don't know me as Sexy Red. They know me as Pastor John. God changed my name. And see, every time, I, every time people talk about me now, it's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. But in the word of God, it says that assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel, the gospel that we preach, in the whole world, what this woman has done will be a memorial to her. 
Man, you guys, it just, just get that. Do you know the Proverbs 22 and 1 says this? A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and a loving favor rather than silver and gold. Every, silver and gold. No, a great name. The name of, of, of um, Mary. Her name is not known. Everybody knows who Mary is now. Do you guys know who Mary was? Do you guys know? Do you guys remember who she was? Do you guys? I mean, of course, there's theologians that talk about it. We're not sure exactly who Mary was. But for my understanding, I understand that Mary is the one that come running to Jesus because she was caught in adultery. And everybody wanted to stone her because she was a prostitute. It was funny because all the guys that were, were trying to line up to be with her were now going to throw rocks at her. But she came and ran to the feet of Jesus. You guys remember this? Jesus rolled in the sand. He said, if anybody who's without sin, let them cast the first stone. But she stayed at the feet of Jesus. Then he rolled in the sand. We don't know what he wrote. But at the end of the day, she was so thankful. She was so grateful that the same people that she was committing the sins with, the same man that they they were obviously watching her, the same men that were sitting there probably in line trying to get with her, the same men that were her accusers were sitting there, but she was so grateful that Jesus didn't just, listen, didn't get rid of the, 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 the accusers. He got rid of her shame. Woman, where are thine accusers? Where are the people? Where, the accuser of the brother. It wasn't the men. It was the spirit behind those men that were trying to accuse her of what she did. But when she came, Jesus said that one day I will bear all this shame that you are holding on to. I am the bearer of that shame, that you don't have to be shameful. So she came and she worshiped at his feet. My father was one of the most generous men I could ever talk about. My dad gave everything. He left everything to his family. He made sure that my mother and all his children and his children's children had something. That was a heart of generosity. Whatever my dad had, everybody was able to have. Even, even if he got mad and upset because he needed some, one of us needed help, He'd get on us, and eventually he'd turn around and give to all of us. Mary gave such an extravagant offering because a few months earlier, Jesus raised her brother from the dead. Generosity comes from gratitude. Grateful people are generous. God always rewards generously. And what is generosity? Generosity is giving without expecting to get in return. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this, God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder. It's not about the amount it's the attitude of our heart that God rewards. Yeah. Wow. You cannot be until you are willing to become. You cannot be a blessing until you are willing to become a blessing. Proverbs eleven twenty four through 25 says this. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Amen. Let's go. Is that in my closing?
I would like to think that we all want to one day become known as mature Christians. I know I want to be mature. And Paul speaks about maturity in Hebrews chapter 5. He says, through by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principle of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Saints, obedience is a sign of maturity. You guys hear me? Obedience is a sign of maturity. Listen, parents don't say that their kids are mature because they're disobedient. I don't look, I don't look at JR and go, you, you're just a di- disobedient child. Or you're obedient because you're being disobedient. It, it just doesn't make sense. Disobedience is a sign or an indicator of immaturity. I've never met a parent who said, my child is mature because they disobey me. Hmm. No, this is what they say. That kid of mine needs their tail whipped and needs to grow up and do what I tell them to do. Is is that okay to say nowadays? You guys got to put that on. You can't. We acknowledge our children's maturity when they begin to live up to what we've asked them to do or what we've commanded them to do. So today, I must ask, and that we need to ask ourselves, am I generous? Your answer can only be yes if you give extravagantly. God wants us to give an extravagant offering today and that's the gift of your heart the first thing he wants from you is your heart we talked about the wallet we talked about the bank account we talked about what's in your pocket what's in your wallet but God says no before anything else why don't you give your heart to him today Second Corinthians 8 and 5 says, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. God wants us to give ourselves to him. So where our treasure is, that's where our hearts may be also. I'm going to close with this, just because it's on my mind, fresh on my mind. I'm not going to say, I just want to talk one of the most extraordinary things I've ever experienced as a pastor, my wife and I. One day, I don't know, I must have preached good that day, babe. I was preaching. Probably. You know know the story. I was preaching. Fire. Fire coming out my eyeballs. It was was the cloud of glory was in here. Some. Brother Carlos said, Afterwards, we had, we had the uh, reception for, for the first-time visitors. This young man came over and was talking to me, and of course, during this time, my wife had a perfect, my, my wife still has a prophetic gifting, but my wife prophesied to this young man at the time, and it was, it was deep. It was deep, super deep. And I came in, and the dude just looked at me, with this blank look on his face, and he says, I'll be right back. He's like, well, we got to leave. He's like, no, wait, please don't leave. I'll be right back. So we had a meeting, and after we were done with the meeting, this young man comes back, 
he didn't have his family there with him in that day. But he came back and he says, listen, I'm in between church homes. And I've given my heart to the Lord, but I'm still, I'm like, I'm going from tent to tent. I'm going from church to church. I just need to find a, a church home. But I know what the Lord told me in, the heart, in his heart. He says, listen, I've been saving up what belongs to God. You guys, you guys hearing this? I don't have a house, a church to go to, but I've been saving up what belongs to God, the tent, so that when I get to God's house, I'm going to give back to God what is, belongs to him. I've never heard anybody ever do that, ever, ever. And I'm talking about a couple of years. But what it showed me was maturity. It showed a heart of generosity. It showed me extravagant giving. And I, and I can't, I, because of confidence, this person's life and their family has been such a blessing to the Building Christian Fellowship have been a blessing to all the families here and God has just blessed them that I'm telling you because even during that time, he gave God what belonged to him and God said, you try me and see that I will not open up the windows of heaven that you... Cars, houses, out of debt, I don't know what else. They, they've done everything that God has asked them to do and God is growing them so uh, maturely and, and they are just being a blessing. Why am I telling you this? Why am I sharing this testimony? I'll let them tell you one day, but I'm telling you right now, you cannot be God's giving. You can't outdo them. And he says, and he says, listen, try me and see. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.